Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Education is so important, yet today, much of the education revolves around the values of this world and not of biblical values or even morality or even responsibility. What is happening and what should we do? Welcome to Church Public. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to Church Public. I am so glad that you have joined us here today. We continue to bridge the gap in between faith and culture to help you understand what is going on in this world so that you can be a bigger part of it, so that you can exercise your faith in this world with certainty. Peter says, have the hope, have the answer for the hope that you have, and we need to have that. And there have, at least in the past few years or decades, we, I don't think, have done a really good job teaching people about the hope that they have. Not just apologetics, not just answers to really hard theological questions, but what are the everyday life things and how do we live in this world as average, regular believers? And the average, regular believer should have the tools and abilities and capability to be able to explain why they do what they do and why what they do is not the same as what the world does. And there's an important distinction there. And unfortunately, in in this world, Christianity tends to look more and more like the world. And that's a problem. Christianity, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, a little Christ, you, you shouldn't be looking like the world. You should be looking more like Christ, who is in a lot of ways, antithetical to the world. That's why the world hated him, ultimately killed him, and a lot of the followers after Jesus were also killed because they did not look like the world. They did not say the same things as the world said, and we need to be more like that. Not that we want to die or anything like that, but that we need to live according to the faith that we have. So if you have more questions or want to look at more episodes, go to churchpublic.com. You can go to any of the podcast places like iTunes and Google. You can also watch the videos on YouTube. If you search Church Public as one word, you can get all of the videos there. Sometimes the videos may be more helpful because you can see some of the clips that we're doing. In this episode, we're not doing clips. I'm just going to talk about a couple of things that I see going on in education especially higher education, but otherwise check out churchpublic.com, like and subscribe on all of the places, and you can also check us out on social media at various areas. Okay, so one of the trends that I have seen across America is the introduction of very worldly values to the education institution. Of course, this is nothing new in the secular world. I went to a very secular undergraduate and I mean, very secular. It was it was an incredible and weird experience. I mean, people around me, I would sit down to a class and a guy would bring in a pitcher of beer and I'd be like, okay, I feel like that's not exactly conducive to learning whatever the subject was, physics or, or whatever. But again, that was a weird secular experience. And that was, I'll just date myself, several years ago. But now, the universities are more and more anti-morality, anti-biblical values, and and anti-Christianity. Very, very anti-Christian. When I went, again, several years ago, it was very anti-Christian. It is more anti-Christian now. And the problem that I'm seeing is not only in the secular institutions. If you choose a secular institution, you know that you're sending your kids to a place that is going to be a hostile environment to their faith. The problem that I'm seeing now is that these institutions that either claim to be or are ostensibly Christian 
are going down a road, many of them, that are not Christian. And and so that's the problem where people, I think parents, some some contributors to the colleges think that these institutions are still Christian and and they're not. And this is a problem. And, and you just need to know if you are sending your son or daughter to a college or if you have recently, I mean, I can't tell you how many parents that I've run into that are surprised after a year or two or, or a few of their son or daughter going to college and now their son or daughter is gay or trans or anti-America or disillusioned with the church, et cetera, et cetera, on and on. I have talked to so many people who are really confused. Why did my son or daughter change this much? This is a big deal. And you need to know that the, the reason, uh, it should be obvious, the reason is these institutions and even some of these Christian institutions. There was a big Christian institution in the city that I used to live in and I'm trying to think through my memory banks, like story after story after story. I have several, both friends and parents of friends who sent their children there and almost all of them turned out to leave the church and do weird things uh, with their sexuality and and deconstruct their religion. And many of them are not following Jesus anymore, or at least any recognizable form of Jesus. And we've talked about that at other points that if you're not following the Jesus of the Bible, Eh, sorry, it's not Jesus. So this is important and you need to know and you need to understand and you need to have your eyes wide open as your kids, your students go into these places. And many have claimed, I've heard this, you know, that the schools are indoctrinating. They'll go all the way to the side and say, the schools are indoctrinating their children. And so we need to stop them indoctrinating children. I mean, this is semantics and I hate to take issue with that, but but schools do indoctrinate children. That's actually the point of the school is to indoctrinate children. The, even the word indoctrinate just means basically teach and, and teach children. That is the purpose of school. My issue is, and again, this is kind of semantics, but I think when we say it the right way, when we argue the right way, we have a better chance of getting the outcome that we're looking for. Schools are going to indoctrinate children because they do. That's just what schools do. What we want is for schools to teach children the right things. And we used to all know this. We used to all know that you should teach children the right things. And we took Bible out of schools. We took prayer out of schools. And not only just took them out, but made them illegal. Made them illegal to talk about. And you get fired if you talk about these things. And, and you can't pray in schools. And you can't talk about even like the Ten Commandments. You can't even read the Bible in most schools as literature. And and that's not how I want it read as 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 a telos as a as a as a end, but still that would be something I would accept that I would accept at least like read it for its literary value and then maybe some of the truth will come out into your life like all of that is important but but we need to encourage these to schools to teach the right things the right morality the right biblical values or we need to find schools that will and stop funding these schools that teach the wrong things. Uh, any morality that is not biblical morality is not a real morality. And we used to know this. I mean, the, the, the biblical principles are the best way. Even in America, we used to have most colleges that were started in a Christian worldview based on biblical principles. You have huge schools like Harvard, Yale, Princeton. 
those were all started as biblical schools. They were started, they had either a seminary component or a component to teach preachers or like they were places where you would go to get your biblical education. They're a far cry from that now. In fact, I looked this up, 106 out of 108 universities in America were started on Christian faith. And by 1860, there were around 240, 250 colleges in America and only 20 or 30 of them about were not founded specifically for Christian or religious purposes. The majority of, of schools in America were started that way. And it wasn't until recently that almost every school has gone off the cliff. And again, if you know full well that you're sending your student to a secular university, like, you know, you, you, you take their fate in your hands and, and okay, I hope that works out well. I hope that you have prepared your child well. If you are sending your child to a school that says it is religious or Christian, I guess my emphasis would just be make sure you review what they're really saying, what they're really teaching, what they're really valuing, and don't take on faith that a hundred years ago when the university was started, that it's still operating in that way. And again, I shouldn't have to say this. It should just be we, we do things the way they should be done, but unfortunately, this world isn't operating that way. And, and the devil is going to get in in any weaselly and sneaky way that he can. And it's important for you to know if you have uh, parents of, of kids that are around this age or even young kids and you're thinking about like what's the trajectory, like you've got to figure this out and you have to figure it out ahead of time and figure out what you're going to do and where you are going to send them. And then another time, we'll talk more about... Uh, elementary school and, and some other things that are going on, but I just want to focus in on this. And, and the reason it came up for me today is that Baylor University has once again changed some of their status. And Baylor, uh, again, historically has been a Baptist, a very Christian university. That's how it was founded. And that's how it is presented to the larger worldview in America. Like it's, it's presented at that. But unfortunately, we have to talk about some of the things that they've done. And so what they did over the last week or so is, is decided that it's going to have a new chartered LGBT student group on campus. And again, this, this probably doesn't sound like a super extreme thing because secular universities have had these for years and years. But again, we're talking about a Christian university, an ostensibly Christian place where you would send your students to have education in a biblical worldview. And if it is not a biblical worldview, then we have to figure out what we're looking at and, and, and how do we react to this? So um, this is all about identity. And, and we've talked about identity before. And, and the, the thing about identity is you have to find out where your identity comes from. I think that's one of the biggest things that we're talking about and the biggest things that we're learning. If you believe that your identity comes from within you, that you find something within yourself, whether it is your feelings or your thoughts or your desires, and you present that as your identity to the world, then as many have found out, that changes over time. And it can change based on anything. It can change based on something you ate and made you feel funny. I mean, that's a silly joke, but it's apparently true. There is a, a movie star, quote, whatever, that just came out as non-binary. Demi Lovato just came out as non-binary now, and she's decided that her whole life being a woman or 
a girl or a singer or whatever, now is out the window and, and she had a Christian upbringing too, as far as I can uh, tell. And the, that's an example of your identity is based on who you feel you are or who you want to be. Even in her interview that I watched, she said, I'm still figuring out what this means for me. And that's a scary place to be. I mean, personally, I can understand where that's a scary place to be. If you are defining yourself based on what you think about yourself or what you feel like you think about yourself or something, some, some weird tangled web that's inside of you, I don't know how you can ever get to a place where you completely understand that. The opposite of that is if you define your identity based on something outside of yourself, for instance, as I would propose, if you define your identity based on the Bible, based on biblical worldview, based on values and morality that you didn't invent, then instead you conform your identity, or rather your identity is conformed or transformed, as, as Jesus would say it, into who you were made to be. My proposal is that when you follow biblical value, when you know that you're made in God's image, when you know that you follow after God's image and you're more and more transformed into God's image as you follow after him and as the spirit transforms you, then you become who you were supposed to be in the first place. That is a vast difference than if you follow whatever identity you feel like you are or want to be or think that you are or think that you're not. You can see that the foundation of that is literally shifting sand because it could change day to day and there's there's no way to know how you're going to feel the next day. So does identity come from your creator and how God made you? Or does your identity come from how you feel inside? These are big questions. And we get back to Baylor since Baylor is ostensibly a Baptist university, uh, even though they've taken a lot of that out. And in the 90s, they disconnected from the Southern Baptist Convention. The problem with making this an official student group on campus is that based on your sexual identity, you're recruiting for that group. So because it's now an official campus group, the campus, Baylor, the school, is going to recruit for that identity group rather than re recruit for the biblical value. And, and again, for context, in 2015, Baylor changed their older student conduct code that it used to say there were several illicit sexual acts that were sanctioned by the university, including homosexual acts and, and some other things. Uh, it's a long code. You can go and read the previous code, but essentially they it used to say that affirmed purity and singleness and fidelity in marriage between a man and a woman. And it, it used to say that heterosexual sex outside of marriage and homosexual behavior were outside of the bounds of the things that Baylor approved of because of the code of values that they had as a university. Now the code has just changed to say that basically it's guided by a biblical understanding that human sexuality is a gift from God and physical sexual intimacy is expressed in marital fidelity. That's very general and that's not, that's not clear at all in terms of following the model of the Bible, the model of Genesis, male and female. And, and that's been, it's actually been a source of, of problems since then. Even the Washington Post, right after this change in 2015, acknowledged that it's confusing if it's a Christian university, how, how it's going down this way. And it used to be 
that this was interpreted by the Baptist faith and message of 1963. This was a doctrinal statement from the Southern Baptist Convention, but apparently that is now out uh, the window. I, I, again, it's confusing because, and it's, and it's the, the problem. The reason I need to point it out is it's tucked in there. Like you wouldn't know about it. You wouldn't hear about it, but these are important things. And if you're a parent, not only for this university, but again, across universities, across the country, these issues among other like wacky issues in terms of Marxist philosophy and other things, you really have to consider and you really have to figure out what are you going to value and what do you want? If we go back to that indoctrination term, like what do you want your kids indoctrinated with or taught with just put simply and to go back to the Bible, because we always have to do that in the words of Paul, you can read throughout many of the letters that Paul read on, on sexual purity, sexual morality, like what it's supposed to be. And if you don't like Paul, which I've heard that many people in the LGBTQ uh, community don't like Paul, they say we just read Jesus, right? Because Paul was just a guy, but Jesus was Jesus. So go and read Jesus. You go and read Jesus as he's basically quoting Genesis 2 in Matthew 19. Uh, let me get that for you. Basically, he says, this is Matthew 19, 4, Jesus answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father, leave his mother, hold fast to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. They are no longer two, but they are one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. These are the words of Jesus. This isn't, I mean, again, Paul says a lot about this. Peter says about this, Timothy, Titus, they're, they're, I mean, Many of the New Testament writers, many of the Old Testament writers talk about how marriage is between one man and one woman. Uh, again, I've heard arguments that you can point to Jesus and say, well, Jesus just wanted you to love everybody or anybody or however that works. That's just simply not true. I'm, uh, I hope that doesn't come as too much of a shock, but Jesus, by very nature of talking about this, and he was talking here in the context of divorce, but the reality is he's talking about the guidelines that God had for marriage of one man and one woman. And he goes on to talk about some other divorce things that we're not going to talk about today. But this is the word of Jesus. Now, here is the word that Baylor says. Baylor administrators say they will approach this work with a spirit of grace and truth, just as Jesus did. We'll start anew in working with students to explore establishing a chartered LGBTQ plus student group consistent with the core beliefs and values of the university and its board and administration, end quote. Here's the deal. You either agree with Jesus and Paul and many other writers in the Old Testament, or you agree with this new code of conduct that Baylor said. Those two things are not the same and they cannot exist in the same space. I, I, I know we'd like to. I know we'd like to have soft gospel and we'd like to have soft rules about sexuality because it's easier and maybe it feels better to some. But the reality is they're not the same and they cannot be the same and they cannot exist in the same place. If you say we're going to follow the Bible, we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to follow his commands, we're going to follow the rules set out very in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis, the marriage is one man and one woman. And the relationship is supposed to be, the sexual relationship is supposed to be in marriage with one man and one woman. Then you cannot at the same time say, but we also believe that relationships can be LGBTQ, AAIP plus because the letters keep adding every day. You, you can't say both of those things. They, they can't exist in the same space. 
you again this is another place where you have to choose a lane and it appears unfortunately that Baylor ostensibly a Christian university at least in the past has chosen their lane and this goes on from the 2015 change in their code of conduct to now allowing the student charter group to be on their campus which is by nature approving of this charter group so how do you reconcile that and again I'm not talking to Baylor they'll probably never hear this it doesn't really matter to me if they do they're not going to change because of me I recognize that who I'm talking to is you as a parent if you are a parent and you are following after Jesus I think you need to know who you're sending your kids to learn from this is the type of university and again i may i'm not trying to single them out as a university this is just a very clear example i have read example after example after example in universities across the country in things like this if you have young kids pay attention to where they're going to school if you have university children choose very carefully where you send them you need to make sure you train them in the way they should go that was the verse that we started with at the beginning and you need to know if they are ready to stand against this cultural tsunami that they are about to encounter. If we are honest, if we are honest, most children are not ready to encounter every professor making fun of their faith. Every professor telling them Christianity is old fashioned and stupid and bigoted and irrelevant. And believe me, I went to a college that said that. Every professor in every class. And we haven't even started talking about the college friends and the peer pressure when I went to college years and years ago, much less the new woke religion where you cannot say something wrong. I may have gotten in trouble here and there for saying something that the professor or the teacher didn't like. If that happened, they usually said something like, you shouldn't say that. Should not. Should not is a word that means you probably should do something different. We're in a space now where they will say to your kids, you cannot say that. That's a different kind of imperative. And it means that you cannot not only say that, and we talked about speech as violence the other day, you, you, you can't even think that. I mean, th this is a problem. And I'm not talking about Baylor. I'm just talking about colleges across America. You need to know, you need to think about where you're sending your kids. And you need to research other options or figure out the best place to go and the, and the best way to educate your kids and the best place to encourage them to seek after God. And if you can't 100% figure this out, like take a pause and, and think of some, some different options. I mean, yes, I know. And I've heard over and over again that everybody needs to go to college. I would, I would, I would think about that. I would think about like, do they, do they need to go to college? Is college going to help them um, learn the best things for their industry and for their ideas? Maybe, maybe it is. But in that case, make sure they're prepared because these things are there now. It's not that they're coming. It's not that they're going to happen. These professors are there. They're in institutions across the country. They're going to say these things. The rest of the students that are there are going to push your children on these things. And you have to make sure that your kids are ready to experience this kind of persecution. And it is going to be like persecution. It's going to be maybe a weirder environment than they've ever been in and that's just college in general but you add in this dogmatic calvinistic and i mean that in a in a negative sense not i apologize if you're a calvin but follower but but i mean that in the sense of you have to follow this woke religion or you cannot exist in this situation and it is 
it's hyperinflated into these places that are our higher education academic institutions. And you just need to know that. And one final word that I want to give you today, and that is every year, millions and millions of dollars are given to some of these educations that again are ostensibly Christian. I'll speak specifically to that because I know some of the other institutions have endowments for other things and I'm not going to speak to secular secular institutions. They're going to be what they are, even though a lot of the mottos, even the motto of Yale, I believe still is about glorifying God, um, which is laughable to me. Anyway, I, it's not laughable. That's the wrong phrase. It's sad and it, it breaks my heart. Like I, I wish we could I wish we could redeem this. I hope we can find a way to redeem this. But my point is this. Millions and millions of dollars are given to these institutions every year. And I just want to say to those that are alumni or thinking about donating, like, just check. Just check what the values are now. Many of these changes to this particular institution, and that's why I chose this and singled this institution out. Many people have no idea this happened at this institution and is in, indeed continuing to unfold at this institution. And this is an example among thousands of institutions across the country. So know where your institution stands before you donate to them. Know where your institution stands before you send your kid to them. This is more important than ever and it's a really big deal. Again, these values that the institution holds will trickle down or in fact, they may have even trickled up, but they will exist in the professors and especially they will exist in the students, especially if you have a college that is now recruiting actively students that disagree with the biblical world value that you may hold. I would just say, look into this. What you find might surprise you. And if you have any questions, I've looked into a bunch of them and I'd be happy to answer. I'd be happy to look. Again, I feel bad singling out a single institution, but this is such a perfect example illustrating what is going on. It is going on in many institutions around the country. I wanted you to know so that you can do your own research and find out your own ideas so you can evaluate how to not only live your life, but help your family. Because again, as I've said, family is the cornerstone. It is the centerpiece of the society. And if we do not now invest in our families, in our children, in our and in the friends and communities around us, we're going to lose this thing. No, I'm not worried that Christianity is going to die. No, I'm not worried that that you know God is not on the throne or anything like that, but we have a responsibility and our responsibility is to lean in to these kinds of issues that the culture is trying to beat out of us. Like literally, that's what it feels like. It feels like the culture is just punching, punching, punching and trying to get rid of any morality, any family values, any biblical values that we have. And we can stand up to this because as Peter said, we have an answer for the hope that we have. We have a reason for doing these things. It's not just because we feel like it. It's because these are true values and we, we want to be true believers of God following after Jesus in a way that changes the very world. This is how we do it. And I hope that you are blessed by God in your pursuit of him. And I hope that you keep the faith. Again, as always, thank you so much for tuning into Church Public. If you get a moment, like and subscribe wherever you're listening. You can go to churchpublic.com support to help support us in this work. Um, it is a fair bit of work to do this, and I enjoy it, but I want to keep doing it, and I don't want to have to quit 
Um, so thank you so much for your help and your support and your prayers. And God bless. We'll see you next time.